Welcome to the Focus on Customer Service podcast, presented by Social Media Today, where we talk to brands you know and love who are laser-focused on using social media to deliver amazing customer experiences. And now, here are your co-hosts, Dan Gingas and Dan Moriarty. Hi, guys. Welcome to Episode 16 of Focus on Customer Service, hashtag FOCS. It's Dan Moriarty, and as usual, I'm joined by my American friend, Dan Gingas. Dan, how are you? I'm doing very well today, British friend Dan. Awesome. And as always, we're joined by our lovely guest today. And uh, tonight we're over the moon to have Laura Smith with us from Hertz, where she's the Senior Director of Customer Care for Hertz here in the United States. Laura, how are you? Hi, Dan and Dan. <laughs> I'm really good. Thank you. And thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us. And, and you're obviously you're working here in the US, but you don't sound like you're from the US. Where are you from? I am from Dublin, um, Dublin, Irish born and bred and have lived the majority of my life until about three years ago in Ireland and then took a big move over to Oklahoma City where you can probably not tell. I'm uh, every well, every now and again, I, I practice my y'all and my southern twang. <laughs> we can drop us through a few out for you throughout this conversation if it will make you feel more high. <laughs> and then we can open a Guinness to celebrate. Yes, exactly. Why don't we get started? I was just wondering, to start with, if you could just tell us a little bit about your role at Hertz um, and kind of what you do on a day-to-day basis over there. I've been working for Hertz for the last 13 years, and uh, currently my role is head of customer service for North America for the Hertz brand and uh, Dollar and Thrifty and Firefly as well, the other brands within our portfolio. Um, My main responsibilities are the uh, call center for customer service, um, as well as the inbound reservation sales and social media also forming part of my responsibility. So how did you get to Hertz, Laura? Well, I had a bit of a strange route, actually. I uh, started out my career as a teacher and um, realized very quickly that was not the role for me and uh, moved to uh, work for an airline. I worked for Aer Lingus, national carrier in Ireland, uh, for four years, and I absolutely really loved customer service and got a good taste of it at Aer Lingus. And uh, from there, because I had fluency in French, an opportunity came up in Dublin and I seized it with both hands. And uh, here I am 13 years later, albeit on the other side of the pond. Fantastic. Well, while I've never flown Aer Lingus, I love it because it is the only known word that is a rhyme to my last name, which is Gingus. So (laughs) I, I probably would feel right at home on that airline. Yes, you would. So tell us a little bit about, you mentioned that, that you oversee a whole bunch of brands, Hertz and Dollar, Thrifty and Firefly. Those are very different brands. They have different images. Are you handling the care together or separately? And how does that all work? Well, for social media, we handle the care separately. In fact, for most things we do, we have dedicated phone lines, dedicated email, dedicated handles within our social team uh, by brand. I would say we oversee it together. And so our everything from our response times, how we engage with our customers across those brands, uh, how quickly and the quality of it is certainly managed together. But you're absolutely right. You know, the brands have a different feel. And so the tone that we use by brand or how we engage with our customers is a little bit different. And on top of all of the different brands that you have, Laura, I've noticed with Hertz, which I'm guessing is maybe your, your biggest brand, I've noticed that you seem to have, and this is from my own personal travel history, I've noticed that you have different handles for different countries. And I was just wondering, is that overseen centrally? And, and if someone 
say tweets about Hertz, but doesn't mention a country? How do you know who should jump in? When we set out on our social journey about six years ago, one of the objectives we had right at the outset was to create a global team, one that would be positioned geographically in different parts of the world, but would be working and responding to customers all over the globe in the main language that customers contact us for. And so the different handles that we have really help us manage that by language. We're divided largely across three different sites, uh, North America, here in Oklahoma City, our Dublin team, where most of the language components come into play, and thirdly, in Australia and New Zealand, and again, that team largely using English. So Conversocial, which is the tool that we use, really help us to manage uh, the dashboard of what comes in from a customer perspective. So it really doesn't matter whether or not a customer mentions a particular geography that they've rented in. We really get to everything in the order with which it came and, and pretty quickly. So it works quite well. How does Conversocial know which handle to assign the, a conversation to? Because you have, I remember I've, I've been in, say, Germany and I've had like Hertz DE, I think, respond to me. How are they managing that? So part of it is rules based on language. And that's really the main way we're split off. We handle largely Twitter and Facebook volume. Okay. And so for Facebook, it's a little bit easier because customers can be on a specific page, perhaps um, on the UK page versus our Hertz France. Uh, so that's a little bit easier. Yeah. Uh, but to us, it really, you know, really doesn't make a difference in terms of where the customer comes from. Our priority is really to engage with them quickly and make sure that we can keep them within that channel. And that's very important to us. Is there teams in each country that has a handle? No, we're really just centralized in those three spots, Oklahoma City, Dublin and Australia. Okay. Uh, so our Dublin team, for example, is, you know, multi-skilled, multilingual, but based in our Dublin office. So then you have multiple language capabilities inside those offices. Exactly. Ah, okay. Very interesting. So, Laura, you also talked about response time, and certainly that's a KPI that comes up a lot on this podcast. So I have a two-part question. The first is, to the extent that you can share it with us, what are your goals around response time? And secondly is, as you are queuing up the comments and questions that are coming in, does the timeliness of the question play any role? So if I'm in a car and it's broken down in the middle of the highway and I need help immediately versus I just need help securing a reservation two weeks out, do you treat those any differently? So I would, I'll answer the, the latter uh, question first. I would say we don't today answer them differently. We're lucky in that our response times typically for our Twitter volume globally is pretty fast. And so we aim to have a response within 15 minutes and largely we achieve that unless there's really a flurry of activity or there's been a big weather event somewhere and it's particularly uh, busy. But And for Facebook, we aim to have responses within the hour. We Our experience is that for customers that perhaps, are, you know, that are in a breakdown scenario or need immediate help where it's a, it's a roadside event, typically their first thing that they will do, even if they are a social media or avid user, they will generally tend to call the number for breakdown assist that's on their key fob. We've found that over time, we most of our customers, in fact, through social are engaging us at the very early part of their journey, uh, rather than whilst they're towards the end or even afterwards. And that's definitely a difference that we've watched evolve 
over the last six years. I think I've described it before that at, at Hertz, certainly our email volume or some of our more traditional volume was coming in after the fact. And so after the customer had returned their car and received their invoice, whereas now we really have a niche opportunity or a great opportunity to engage with our customers sometimes at the point that they're making their reservation, at the point that they're perhaps going to collect their car or perhaps they're in line uh, or they've just received their vehicle and are reaching out to us through social at that stage. I couldn't help but think about one thing as you were talking there, which when you said if the car breaks down, people still tend to call us. I'm an avid social customer service user, but I think if my car ever broke down and I reach for Twitter first, that's probably the point at which I don't deserve to tweet. So let, <laughs> let, us, let us know if that ever happens for you. Well, I, what, what I would certainly hope is that we would be with you within even minutes and you would feel that that experience was so seamless that you didn't even need to pick up the phone. So That it actually made it worthwhile that the car broke down for a good story. Yes, <laughs> and we have a few of those. So. Oh, the car did break down. So jumping back to customer care, and Dan was obviously just asking about you know, response time metrics and some of that sort of stuff. Um, I'm going to take it a step further and just kind of ask, you know, how do you guys think about it from an overall business results and ROI point of view? Like, If your boss is to ask you what social customer care means to the bottom line of Hertz, how do you position it? I think at a very senior level at Hertz, there's a really good – understanding and support for social and the importance that it plays. We really believe that it's our role to meet the customer at whatever point in their journey they choose and through whichever channel they choose as their preferred means of contact of choice. And so for that reason specifically, we made that leap six years ago and our team has grown and evolved and our volume, of course, over that time, so much so that social represents just over 10% of our total customer service volume. So that really is a good news story for us because we've been successful in meeting our customers through the social channel and primarily ensuring resolution within that channel rather than move them into another channel. So that support, not just for our loyalty customers, but you know, really deepening the engagement across the board with all of our customer base. And I think our senior team and our leadership team really see the value in that. And of course, the objective is that our customers enjoy it as a good experience and we deepen engagement and of course, that our customers keep coming back. So it's an interesting number that you just shared and I'm not sure that I've heard it before that 10% of your customer service is done through social. Can you tell us whether this is something that you are actively seeking to increase or is it just that that's kind of how it's evolved over time? Well, that's how it's evolved over time. And it fell that way, you know, I would say as far back as two years ago. I mean, that 10% has sort of stayed at that level. I personally, because I'm such a fan of social, would be thrilled if more of our customers, you know, shifted from the more traditional channels to social because I think it's such a fast and responsive and hopefully just a fun and interactive experience. And I and I think I certainly would like to see it grow to be something more significant than 10. I know our employees as well in the social media area really enjoy that as a place to work. And it has fast become the sought out area within our team as that area that people aspire to move into. So that's also a good thing from an employee standpoint. 
So I definitely agree with you, and we've said it before on the podcast, that servicing customers in the channel of their choice is absolutely critical. So to some extent, you're always going to have people that they're going to choose the phone, they're going to choose email, they're going to choose chat, and they're going to choose social. But more from a an operational perspective and maybe even a cost perspective, have you guys figured out from your business strategy, hey, it would actually be a really good idea to have more people come to us in social because not only is it a better experience and it's quick and it's fun and it's engaging, but it's also cheaper for us? I think it's a, it really is a logical argument across you know many industries and organizations. I think uh, the argument almost stands for itself just because teams can get through so many more social media contacts versus calls in an hour in a day and the same for email. So on that basis, I think logically the cost is a little bit lower and certainly productivity and the throughput that one can gain is more significant than the traditional channels. And Laura, you said something in two answers ago that I wanted to jump back in, which is you were, t- you were talking about how you enjoy social and the team at Hertz enjoys social and a lot of the staff aspire to move into social. Does that, can I take from that that you are taking people away from the phones and onto social channels? Is that how you're hiring for the team? Yes, that is how we hire. Uh, and we've tried it every which way. And of course, like so many other people and organizations, you know, we've learned some hard lessons right up front. Um, and I would say that at this point and for the last while, in fact, we've, we've really realized the importance of having very well-rounded experience from an employee standpoint, just because of the diversity and variety of things that can come in through social. And sort of back to what I said earlier on, we've always kept true to our desire not to ever ask a customer to go to another channel or to really try and move them. And so the speed of response, the speed of resolution is important and important that our social care team feel completely competent to deal with whatever comes their way through social. We empower them and they know that they are our brand ambassadors and they really can make decisions and they have a really good empowerment within that team. And I think that's important too. Could you talk a bit about what skill sets that you would look for in an existing associate who was saying they wanted to move into social? Is, is there certain traits you've seen tend to work quite well? Someone with excellent customer service is really important. The employee that will always look to go the extra mile, someone that does not certainly need a script, so somebody that's very comfortable making fast decisions, thinking outside the box, very comfortable working on an individual as well as a team basis. So that's really important. Um, We've worked, of course, with the team around how to keep social interesting and how to keep it fun. You know, and that was a, a departure for us in some respects, because having had the call center or the email channels more often than not working to a script, certainly for the 80 to 20 ratio, Moving to a warmer tone, a more fun tone, a more informal tone was certainly a departure from what our our typical training for email would be, for example. An extension of that, which is actually what I was going to follow up with next, is what you were just saying about how you have to really empower these teams and and give them the freedom to be the voice of the brand. Can you talk a bit about how you empower them? Because I'm I'm assuming to empower, you kind of have to make them feel safe and to make them feel safe, you have to give them a sense of 
of the guardrails and, and give them a sense of where they can go without needing approval. Can you talk about how you make them feel that sense of empowerment while still making sure that they are appropriately the brand, the voice of the brand? We worked a lot up front on our training program. We worked on tone. We worked on language. We worked on a variety of responses. We made sure that we did not restrict this team with respect to gestures of goodwill where they were needed. The typical things that a lot of big brands run into if, if a customer, if there is an issue, for example, and when we need to make a refund that we didn't force that into a grid or a matrix that really this team felt empowered. And I think ongoing encouragement for them that their decisions were great decisions and they've paid off and making sure that it's a culture that's fostered, as well as the parameters around quality where there's good discussions on quality, very active and open reviews on responses. And we have a very active coaching a program here at Hertz as well. And so our employees know to expect lots of discussion on how it could be even better and to think about other ways of reaching a resolution for customers. So it's really very much two-way. Awesome. Could you share some examples of kind of where that empowerment's come to life? I always, I always feel like when you hear tangible examples of, of staff going above and beyond because they've been empowered, it kind of helps bring it to life for everyone. Do you have any you could share? I have one standout example that really comes to mind. We had a a tweet from a customer that said their new baby had been born in a Hertz car park. (laughs) And so that's not an everyday occurrence. And whilst there may be other places that parents would like to have their birth experience, I think this happened and and it, it was a great opportunity for the team to engage with this customer. And it's not something you could ever write a script for. And one of the team just had a great idea to engage and congratulate. And it was it was a really nice exchange. But then they followed up with a gift box of goodies, things that we had in our corporate offices, you know, little fun Hertz cars, little fun teddy bears, and put together a box and sent it out to the customer to welcome their baby on behalf of Hertz. And I just thought that was a really great example of the team thinking about the wow factor. And that's absolutely what we aspire to do. That's a fantastic example, Laura. And you even uh, answered one of the questions that we usually ask guests later on in the podcast about memorable interactions. And that certainly would be one. So thank you for sharing that. I think that was awesome. I want to also come back to something that you mentioned a little bit earlier. You were talking about your loyalty customers versus other customers or, or maybe even prospects. And obviously in the in the travel industry, loyalty programs are a huge focus. And I'm just wondering if you can talk to how your social customer care efforts maybe integrate in with your loyalty program. And just as an example, I uh, tweeted at an airline recently because I had somebody book a flight for me and they didn't include my airline frequent flyer number and the airline does not have the ability for me to do that on the website. And so what do I do? I tweet at them and they get back and they end up linking my loyalty number to my reservation. But I'm wondering what kind of integration you guys have seen or done. Yeah, we really do keep our loyalty system almost in operation in parallel. We don't have very um, deep integration of one system with the other necessarily. But I would say that whether it's for the social channel or any of our channels for that matter, we always will look to the loyalty 
of our customers and make sure that we're looking back over past rentals or future reservations. And that will, in, in many respects, guide us on how we interact with our customer and the priority of responses and for sure being a loyal road warrior in in a Hertz car, any of our brand's uh, vehicles for that matter is is really important. And so the social team will also really look to that and make sure that it gives them good guidance on how to engage and just deepen loyalty with those customers, because that's really important that we're careful and sensitive as, as many brands are to the lifetime value of our customers and making sure that we're always stepping up and making our service and our offering um, stand out. Awesome. Just wondering, what do you think 2016 is going to hold for you guys? Where do you see social customer care going? You know, we sort of touched on it a little bit earlier on. I, I would really hope that growth is a key part of that. I would love to see, you know, new customers as well as existing customers that have not yet chosen social as their means by which to contact us increase. I think it will give us even further opportunities to engage uh, with our customer base. We will try and more strategically drive that, I think, in 2016, rather than wait and see what happens, which was perhaps to, in many respects what everyone was doing five and six years ago. And I think now we've got that great opportunity where we can create opportunities for our brand Revenue is one of those, and we've been very present from a service standpoint. But I would be excited about potential opportunities to engage with customers at the booking uh, side of their process and, and up front and uh, try and capture and grow some revenue opportunity for 2016. And can you just, just I mean, I'm fascinated by that answer. Can you dig into that a little bit, like how you think your team and, and the social kind of care channel, if you will, can play a role in the booking process? Maybe just kind of mentally play out a couple of, of scenarios where you see you could help? Yeah, yes. I mean, I think one that comes to mind, and it's quite visionary, but I, I think I've articulated to my own team previously, how would it be if we were so linked up that our loyal customers could just tweet us and say, I'd like to make a reservation, and of course, without disclosing uh, things, but putting the right process around it, that that would really just eradicate the need for phone bookings, for example, in the future. And I think that could be a game changer. We are talking with Laura Smith, who is the Senior Director of Customer Care in North America for Hertz. And this is the Focus on Customer Service podcast. So we want to remind you that if you would like us to speak with other brands that you've had great interactions with, please tweet at either Dan or me and use the hashtag FOCS for Focus on Customer Service, and we will be happy to reach out to them as well. Also, for those listening on iTunes or Stitcher or SoundCloud, we would so appreciate it if you would go in and rate the podcast and leave us a review. That really helps with uh, people searching for us, and uh, it tells Apple and Stitcher and some of the others that we're a really cool podcast and uh, that should be recommended to others. So we do appreciate that. In advance, Laura, I want to finish up with the question that we ask all of our guests, and that is what advice you have for companies that are looking to build an awesome customer service team in social media? Oh, <laughs> I would say just do it. I don't sweat the small stuff and the detail around will there be enough ROI Make the decision, decide to be there in social and do it really well. Choose some great employees 
don't hem them in too much. Let them make decisions. Let them support your brand. And often they will have the best ideas and they will do cool things. They will really surprise you. Um, stay close to them. Keep the feedback loop, of course, open and make sure that whichever provider you may choose to sort of help organize your team, that you're getting all of the right things and some great dashboards around sentiment and what's trending. Well, that will really help you put some really good metrics that will all of the time reinforce the value that social is adding to your customer care organization and have fun with it. Absolutely. I think having fun with it is absolutely key point and not sweating the small stuff as well. With that, I think we're going to wrap up, Laura. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. That was that was kind of super interesting hearing how you guys structure it at Hertz and some of the training and hiring practices that you've put in place there over the last couple of years. So really appreciate it, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, I'm sure. Thanks, guys. Totally my pleasure. Thank you, Dan. Thanks for listening to the Focus on Customer Service podcast presented by Social Media Today. Be sure to tweet your thoughts and nominations for other brands to be featured using hashtag FOCS. And follow Dan and Dan on Twitter at DGingus and at I am Dan Moriarty. See you next time.